0: Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. We hope and pray the following message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. Mark chapter 16, starting with verse 15. Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. We do not follow signs, but signs follow us. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth, the disciples went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following let's look at verse 20 again the disciples went forth and preached everywhere the lord working with them i promise you if you share him he will show up and so they preached everywhere the lord working with them And confirming the word with signs following. Join me now in 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verse number 6. And Jonathan, Saul's son, David's friend. Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. Talking about the Philistines. It may be that the Lord will work with us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. So if you go to the last words of Jesus, in the book of Mark, you find that he gives instructions to preach and teach in his name And then the statement from Mark goes like this. They went everywhere and they preached. The Lord working with them. And then in 1 Samuel 14, It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. With those two passages of scripture in mind, I speak to you today from this thought, the Lord working with us by many or by few. You may be seated. Backslidden King Saul was immobilized with fear and retreated from the battle on that fateful day. And it goes without saying that fear is contagious. Many of Saul's soldiers deserted their post and fled from the battle. And they fled because of one thing, the fear they witnessed in Saul's demeanor. Leaving Israel sorely outnumbered against the Philistines. So it was at this point that Jonathan, Saul's son, began to influence a nation with his faith. Can I tell you that on this Sunday morning, your fear will be contagious for those that you lead. Maybe in your family, maybe at work, maybe in your home, maybe even in this church. If you walk by fear, you will influence someone and there will always be a Saul. Who is motivated by fear. But there will also be a Jonathan who is motivated by faith, regardless of the circumstances around him. And we know that God has not given to us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. His proactive faith would make a difference that day in the outcome of the battle with the Philistines. And Jonathan accomplished two important things in this passage of Scripture. First of all, he acknowledged the Lord God. I think that's a starting point. That's a starting point for all of us on this Sunday morning. We need to acknowledge that there is a God, that His name is Jesus, that we believe in Him, and that nothing will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We must have... A recognizing in our spirit of God. Jonathan acknowledged the Lord God. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are. God is still God. Secondly, he did not limit God through fear. But he released God to work through faith. He understood that God could do anything when he made this statement in our text. There is no restraint to the Lord, to save by many or by few. Now, this week, I've been dealing with four friends who all have been challenged by life ending sicknesses, literally. And Brother Joe and Brother Jesse and Brother Paul and Brother Bob, my personal friends, you prayed for them today as we prayed for the needs of. This church, we mentioned their names. Brother Bethel brought their names before you today. And I was challenged this week because I know all four of them. And I've been dealing with them, talking with them, and they're watching today. They are watching this service today. And I, I've been talking with them and praying with them and believing with them. And uh, this week has not been a good week for, for them And uh, I brought that to prayer this morning in the prayer room and to the ministers. And so we're praying for them. We're praying for you today. But it was between the services this morning that I received a phone call from my good friend in Dallas, Bob Davis. And he said, tell your church that I appreciate their prayers And that I received for the first time in two months this week, a good report. And so I say today that sometimes we feel like, well, don't know how this is going to turn out. Don't know how my friend is going to survive all the things that come against him. Uh, and so my prayer has been uh, urgent this entire week and uh, had not heard from them and had left messages for them. But I got a call today, hallelujah, and the message is a good report. So I thank God for that. We do not walk by fear. We walk by Faith. We must have what Jonathan had, and that is proactive faith. I saw faith demonstrated during the offering today when victorious Vic- Vicki came by. Where are you at Vicki? She's right there. God delivered her from nicotine a number of years ago right here in this service when the Lord filled her with his spirit and she was baptized in his name and we thank God for that but she's been on oxygen the last couple of months and she walked through the prayer line and she stopped over here and gave me a high five and said do you notice I don't have oxygen. The Lord has touched me and I'm feeling stronger. We don't walk by fear. We walk by faith. We must acknowledge on this Sunday morning, I'm walking to this pulpit to tell you that God is still God. God is still a healer. God is still able. We acknowledge him and we do not limit him. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And so... Jonathan understood that God could do anything. How do we know that? Because of the statement that he made. I love Jonathan. Jonathan makes this statement. There is no restraint to the Lord. I love that. There is no restraint to the Lord. To save by many are saved by few. Whoa, hallelujah. That's powerful. What does the word restraint mean? What is, that, what is the definition? We can read it this way. There is no limit to the Lord. He can save by many or he can save by few. It means there is no limitation to the Lord. He can save by many or he can save by few. There is no ceiling to the Lord. You can't you can't stop Him. Hallelujah. There's no limit. You can you can only go so far. It Reminds me of of, of the story that I heard, and I uh, they, they, I heard that this is true. That you can put some fleas in a jar, put some holes in the lid, screw the lid on the jar, and they will calculate that they can only jump so high without hitting their head. On the lid, and they say that you can take the lid off the jar, and they'll continue to jump just so high because they've been hit in the head so many times that they won't go any further. When the reality is, there's no lid on the jar, and they could get out. Can I tell you right now, the devil's had a lid on some people's faith for so long and they've tried and tried again and they've jumped and they believe God and they've been disappointed time and time again and they'll just go so far. I've come to this pulpit to tell you that with God, there is no restraint. There is no ceiling. The lid is off the jar. God will not withhold any good thing from you. You don't have to stay captivated by the enemy. He doesn't have to min- over you. You've got authority and power over every devil that comes against you in the name of Jesus. God will make a way where there seemeth to be no way. Come on somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Woo! Glory to God. So there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. There's no limit, there's no limitation, there's no ceiling, there's no constraint, there's no control, there's no restriction on the Lord. You can't restrict him to save by many or by few. True faith understands that numbers mean nothing when God gets involved in your situation. Hallelujah! It doesn't matter how much faith you have or how much faith you don't have. It's not a measuring of the faith. The Lord Jesus Christ can use the small, minute, insignificant and still win the battle. There are no restrictions. There are no impossibilities when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. The tragedy of life, is not death let me make this clear the tragedy of life is not death but what we let die inside of us while we're still alive that's the travesty that's the that's the challenge and I see some people that are alive but they're not alive because they've allowed their faith to die they've allowed their confidence in God to die Oh, they're alive, but they've let some things die on the inside. I'm telling you, I come to this pulpit this morning to tell you that the Lord Jesus Christ is here on this Sunday morning to revive and renew and reawaken your faith, your trust, your hope, your love, your confidence in God. Hallelujah. The lid is off. I'm just telling you the lid is off. It's time for somebody to step out by faith and declare that God can save by many our God can save by few. The wise men said this in Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now, we are all aware. I'm not going to preach long, but you just stay with me. I have a message for someone here today. We are all aware that the valley in life, the valleys we go through in this thing called life, are lined with disappointments and discouragements. But I can promise you, there are precious saints of God At New Life Christian Center, that I've admired through the years, and they seem to thrive when adversity comes their way. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, I don't have time to tell his whole story, but Mark Brown has thrived for 21 years. He's never let go of his faith, he's had challenges. But he's still in a miracle process. The miracle is an ongoing miracle for Mark Brown. And if you can see where God has brought him from to where he is at today, and I know he's cantankerous. I know he's here this morning and he's listening to what I'm saying. But you talk about someone who has thrived in adversity and refused to give up on God and will not let go of his faith and keeps putting one foot in front of the other and keeps witnessing to people that are saved in this church today. Hallelujah. God can save by many or God can save by few. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. I find those kind of saints of God emerging from their valleys with a greater strength, a deeper faith, and notwithstanding a closer walk with God. And then, of course, there are others that we observe along the way who... When disappointments come their way, they stumble and fall. And it goes without saying, those who give in and fall and give in to discouragement, it's not long until they drop out of the race and become totally defeated. I mentioned a moment ago, and I'm just talking from my heart today. But I mentioned a a moment ago about Paul. And Paul, I love you. I love you, and I know you're watching today. And Bob... Love you, Bob. I know you're watching. Joe and Jesse, you're on the West Coast. You're probably still in bed. Hallelujah. But I prayed for them this morning. And while I was praying before service in the fireplace room, and I shared this with the prayer team back there then, and I share it with you now. As I prayed for Joe and Jesse and Bob and Paul, as I prayed for them today, the Lord quickened my mind. And he said, don't forget to pray. And names, names started coming to me. He said, these are not sick. They're not facing their mortality. But somewhere along the line, they walked out on me. They walked out on their experience with me. And names started coming to me. And the Lord said, as you pray for these four, don't forget to pray for these also. They're away from God. They're not where they should be. Some of them are agnostic. Some of them will tell you that there is no God. They grew up with me. They will tell you that there is no God. What are you saying this pastor? I'm just saying that sometimes we go through circumstances and we allow the circumstances to control us and fear takes over and when fear takes over we put a wall up and when we put a wall up we shut God out. I'm coming today to tell you to take the wall down. God is still God. God can save and heal and bless. He can save by many or he can save by few. Don't give up on God. Don't give upon God. God is still God. Come on, let's clap our hands under the Lord and shout with a voice of victory today. Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. You see, the difference between victory and defeat will be determined by our commitment to the Word of God that challenges us to trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Fearful and afraid, in our text, the armies of Israel were at a standstill in their quest for success over the enemy. And as you study this chapter, it becomes apparent that the Philistines had the upper hand on Israel. It's also apparent that victory was nowhere in sight for the people of God. The Philistines had control. Over them through fear, Saul was fearful. All hope for victory had evaporated from the king's heart and notwithstanding from his army. And I want to read this to you. I wrote this down this week and it's a complicated reading, so I'm going to read it slow and I want you to receive it today. When a person leans on his or her own understanding, Without a doubt, the possibility of pain and anguish that comes from stepping out by faith, and it takes a determination, a fortitude, a backbone to step out by faith. Sometimes it's painful to step out by faith. Sometimes there's anguish When you have to let go and step out by faith The possibility of pain and anguish That comes from stepping out by faith Far outweighs in my book The callousness of a comfortable and carnal existing In other words Some people just stop climbing It's too painful to trust God again Is what they say The anguish that I know I'm going to face. Let me just stop you right now and tell you that no one reaches the mountaintop without daring to climb the mountain. You'll never reach the mountaintop until you start climbing that mountain. Hallelujah. I've got a dog, it's Kristen's dog but in reality it's my dog I claim him and sometimes I don't know why but he'll come after we take him outside and there's two steps to the front porch and he'll just come and stand and stare at those two steps (laughs) and I always nudge him come on nudge him to take the step. The other day I decided I'm not nudging him. We stood there for 10 minutes. I said, You know what? Now it's now I'm we're gonna find out. Ten minutes he didn't move, he just looked at those steps. Just finally I couldn't take it anymore. And I said, Come on. Right on up. Hallelujah. I've seen some people just staring at the mountain. And they just stare at it. Hallelujah. Well, God's got a leash on you this morning, and He's sending a word of encouragement. And if you feel a nudge, it's the Holy Ghost telling you, come on, you can climb this mountain. You can make it to the top. You can overcome this sickness. You can overcome this problem. You can overcome this family situation. You can overcome the devil. Come on, we're here to nudge you on and tell you that you can make it to the top. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. I'm going. I'm climbing this mountain. I say with Joshua and Caleb, give me this mountain. I'm ready. God can, God can work for us through many or through a few. Hallelujah. And because of past failures, this is key. Listen to it carefully. Because of past failures, Israel was just in no frame of mind to try to fight the Philistines again. And I say to you that if you've ever had a past failure, if you've ever had a failure in your past, would you with me raise your hand right now? I don't know. I don't see anyone without a hand raised. Hallelujah. That means all of us have had past failures. But the important thing on this Sunday morning is you gotta fall forward. Don't fall back. Tell the enemy, I may fail. I may fall, but I'm not falling back into what I was. I'm going to fall forward and God's going to help me get up and I'm going to climb this mountain and I'm going to where God wants me to go. Your past failures have no authority in your life today. Your past failures have no authority in your life today because greater is he that's in you than he that's in your past failures. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There are times when the circumstances we face dictate that we must take action. Someone here today must act upon the word of God. You must. This is your day. God's called you here at this moment, this hour. This is your day. You must act. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works causes you just to stare at your problem. Mm, Hallelujah. Someone here today must act upon the word of God. According to the writings of the wise man, you must trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You must lean upon his understanding. You must acknowledge him in all of your ways. You must believe that the Lord Jesus Christ will direct your life today. This was the case with Jonathan. Something was stirring on the inside of him when he saw his father walk out in fear and take the army with him. He looked at the garrison of Philistines and he couldn't stay where he was at. His beloved nation was being challenged by the uncircumcised Philistines and he felt a divine impulse and a divine impression which caused him to take a bold step forward. God will direct the paths and the steps of those who acknowledge him in all of their ways. Let's go back to our text. It goes like this. And Jonathan said to the young man that bear his armor. Y'all get ready to come. I'm almost finished. He said to the young man that bear his armor, Come and let us go under the garrison of the Philistines or the uncircumcised. And here's why we're doing this. Now before the king and half the army walked out, we had many. Many. But now that they're gone, we're down to a few. But come on, we're going over under this garrison. And it may be that the Lord will work for us. And here's why. There is no restraint with the Lord. Hallelujah Saved by many or by few. You may be down to the last touch of faith. And your great faith is no longer great. But can I tell you, God can save by much faith or by little faith. He's just looking for somebody to demonstrate their faith in him. And he will make a way. Now here's what the Message Bible says. And I don't always recommend the Message Bible, but for this scripture I like it. The Message Bible says... There's no rule. Woo. I'm fixing to shout, giving you a fair warning. There's no rule that says God can only deliver by using a big army. No one can stop God from saving when He sets His mind to it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Some of you barely got here today, but you got here. Some of you say, I don't have big faith today. But you're here. Some of you say, you know what? I've been challenged on every front. And I barely made it into this house of worship. But you know what? You're here. God's here. Quit staring at the mountain and put one foot in front of the other and let's go. It's time to climb the mountain again. God is more interested in the quality of your contribution rather than the quantity of your contribution watch this carefully he's more interested in the worth of your faith than he is the amount of your faith brother ed where are you at ed Timmis? what are you doing down here hallelujah don't mess me up brother ed you're supposed to you, you and brother john you're supposed to be back there some it is awesome that they're up here in the front these two men of god i think that's great hallelujah amen oh i remember now why you're here i know why now hallelujah why brother ed and brother john i forgot what i said in prayer yesterday i said something like if you're a real prayer warrior you'll be on the first three rows tomorrow not just them i said it to everybody but the others are not real prayer warriors they're they're back there somewhere hallelujah hallelujah I was with Brother Ed. I had a wonderful fish dinner this week. And Brother Ed brought this scripture to my mind. It's more, God's more interested in the worth of your faith. Glad you guys are in third row. That's cool. That's cool. Amen. You're going to be contagious. Others are going to move to the front. Isn't it wonderful to sit up here? You don't see all the stuff going on. Yeah, You're up here. and You're not doing stuff either because when you sit up here, people are going to watch you. Hallelujah. The Lord is more interested in the worth of your faith than he is the amount of your faith. Now, this is the scripture Brother Ed brought to my mind this week and brought to my attention this week. It's found. It's the words of Jesus found in Matthew 17, 18. And Jesus rebuked the devil. Let's just start there. He will rebuke your enemy. And he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast the devil out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief you could not handle that devil. For verily I say unto you, that if you have faith as the grain of mustard seed. Brother Peters, you gave me some mustard seeds one time. They are so small. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall removed be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Listen carefully. When God gets involved in your spiritual battle, And that's what this message is all about. It's about getting God involved again. That's when things escalate dramatically, radically, and spectacularly in your favor against the devil. When you get God involved, hell shakes in its boots. Why? Because 2,000 years ago, they hung him on a cross, he gave up the ghost. And when they took him down from the cross and laid his body in a sepulcher, his spirit went down into the grave where Lucifer was and said, give me the keys now to death, hell, and the grave. And Satan had to give up the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And Jesus, the Bible tells us, came out of the grave with all power in heaven and in earth. Can I preach to somebody right now? Get God involved in your battle. Get Him involved in your battle. There's no rule that says God can only deliver by using a big army. No. No one can stop God from saving when He sets His mind to it. And He set His mind to it 2,000 years ago through the death, the burial, and the resurrection. An interesting scripture today in Isaiah 43 and 13. Yea, before the day was, I am he, saith the Lord. There is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who will let it? So our message today, and I go back to our text. Our message today is the Lord working with us. Yep, he said, in my name, You'll cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink any deadly thing, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And they went forth and preached that message everywhere. The Lord working with them. Jonathan, in the midst of all the fear that his, and chaos that his father caused and the army walked out on him. Jonathan said, it may be that the Lord will work for us for there's no restraint to the Lord to say by many or by few. And Isaiah tells us, Yea, before the day was I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. And the Lord said, I will work. Who shall let it? On this Sunday morning, the Lord is telling you, I feel him nudging me personally on this Sunday morning. I feel him nudging me saying come on let's go to the mountain and with him on my side oh hallelujah with the Lord on my side I have nothing to fear you have nothing to fear Matthew 19 26 Jesus beheld them and said to them with men this is impossible But, with God, all things are possible. And here's where we are on this Sunday morning. This is what I feel to bring to someone today. It goes like this. 1 Corinthians 1, 27, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the wise. The things that are mighty. The base things of the world and things that are despised hath God chosen. Yea, things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. So, he can win the battle by many or by few. God chose what? Weak, foolish, and base things to accomplish His will. You might have walked in here today saying, Pastor, I'm so weak. I feel so foolish. I've just been brought down to a low place. The Lord is saying to you on this Sunday morning, come on. It's my will. It may not seem like much, but if I put it in your hand, it will accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. For Moses... What did God do? Put a rod in his hand. A stick. And with that stick, Moses departed the Red Seas. Samson, what do you got in your hand? It's a jawbone of a donkey. And with that jawbone, he slew a thousand Philistines And here's the problem. He threw the jawbone away after the victory. And he got on his knees before God and said, God, have you delivered me out of the hands of the Philistines only to let me die of thirst? And the Lord said, of course not. That jawbone you just threw away. I hollowed out a place. And if you'll pick it up, there's refreshing waters coming your way. I want somebody to know right now on this Sunday morning that the Lord Jesus Christ... Hallelujah has not forgotten where you are and if he's ever opened a door if he's ever helped you win a victory May I tell you that same jawbone is here to refresh you He will open that up and give you a refreshing He'll touch your heart your mind your soul your spirit and lift you up to another height than him Not much It's not much. It's just a small smooth stone in a shepherd boy's sling But God, there is no restraint with God. He can save by the mighty or he can save by David with a slingshot and the giant is coming down. You know, I've I've been challenged through the years. I'll never be a Tom Fred Tenney. I'll never be a James Kilgore. I'll never be, you know... Brother Haney, I'll never be a Brother Urshan, I'll never. These were giants in, in my world. Giants. Men of God. Hallelujah. But I found out a long time ago. God can save by many or by few. That God can take a farm boy from Crawfordsville, Indiana, fill him with the Holy Ghost, and give him authority over the enemy. Five smooth stones. It was just a handful of meal and just a little oil and a cruise, but in the hand of a widow obeying the word of God, the famine could not touch her. It's not much. God can save by many or by few. It's not much. It's a cloud. It's been dry for three and a half years. It's been a drought in the land. It's just a cloud. About the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said to Gehazi, Go tell Ahab. To head to Jezreel, it's getting ready to rain. Rain, it's a cloud about the size of a man's hand. But before they got to Jezreel, they was in a downpour. Can I preach to somebody right now? You walked in here and all you have is a cloud about the size of a man's hand. God's nudging you to get going because the water's getting ready to come. And the refreshing is coming and the blessing is coming. Because he can save by many or he can save by few. Faith like a grain of mustard seed is all you need to receive your miracles on this Sunday morning. Here's a question. Here's a question. How should one chase a thousand? Deuteronomy 32:30. 30. How should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up. Verse 31, for their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being the judges. What does that mean? The night before my father passed away, I was in Greenville, Mississippi, and I preached a message from that scripture. For their rock... And in the King James Version, it has a small R. For their rock is not as our rock, capital R. Who's, who's judging this? The world. Even our enemies themselves being the judges. The world steps back and says, you've got something that we don't have. Your rock is greater than our rock. The enemy themselves being the judges. And so God can say by many, or He can say by few, according to Micah 7:16. The nations shall see and be confounded at all their might. They shall lay their hand over their upon their mouth, and their ears shall be deaf. Now, let me give you another translation that explains that. All nations of the world will stand amazed at the what will stand amazed at what the Lord will do for you. They will be embarrassed that their power is so insignificant. They will stand in silent awe, deaf to everything. In other words, the world says, we don't have what you have. On this Sunday morning, God can work on your behalf. There are no restraints to him. He can save by many, or he can save by few. In other words, faith does not have to see before it believes. Faith laughs at impossibilities and circumstances that are contrary to it. Faith counts the thing done the moment you ask God to do it. Whoo! Hallelujah! Someone needs to step out today by faith. Faith does not stop at the voice of the enemy. Faith operates through the voice of God. Faith does not move to waver or question things when they go contrary to what's being asked. Simply put, faith is daring to believe God in all the circumstances of your life. And so today, the Lord will work for us. He'll work for you on this Sunday morning. You got to step out by faith. A lot of criticism went to Simon Peter. A lot of criticism went to Simon Peter. Peter, in a storm, You had the audacity to get out of the boat. And you sank. You sank in the waters and the Lord had to save you. I'm going to defend Simon Peter and tell you that he got out of the boat and he walked on the water. Nobody else did. I know the storm got his attention. And he started going down. But he's the only one the Lord could help that day at that moment. Because he's the only one that got out of the boat and walked toward God. I challenge you on this Sunday morning, the storms are raging. And I'm telling you right now, he can save by many or he can save by few. He will work with you today. He's just looking for somebody to trust him. Somebody to step out by faith. Hallelujah. I did something last Sunday morning at Barberton that I have never done in my ministry I've been around a while I gave an altar call before I preached I told him I said now consider this the altar call when I finish preaching I want you to come to the altar so I'm asking you to make up in your mind right now that you're going to come to the altar we had 100% man I'm telling you it was so good it was awesome People came up. There was a brand new lady, first time there. Prayed with her. Talked to her. Got baptized. Wonderful, incredible experience. There was a young man there that I watched all while I was preaching. He came down to the altar and he said, I want want this. The men there laid hands on him. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. You got to predetermine. You got to predetermine. I'm going. I'm climbing this mountain. I'm not stopping. You'll never reach the summit. You'll never reach the top of the mountain until you start walking, start climbing, start reaching, start believing, and understand that you don't have to be the greatest, the fastest, the best of anything. All you have to be is someone who will trust God and step out by faith. It's like this. Step out four lepers at the city of Samaria famine going on I'm not going to preach it but they said why sit we here till we die we have leprosy if we sit here we're going to die if we go into Samaria there's a famine going on we're going to die let's just go to the enemy's camp Let's just go to the enemy's camp. And the scripture said, at twilight, twilight, they got up. And the scripture said, at twilight, God put fear in the Syrian army's hearts. And they heard soldiers and armies coming that they thought were coming from Egypt. And they fled and ran. How did that happen? Because four lepers got up. And the moment they got up, God started working. At twilight, when they stood up at twilight, the Syrian army fled. And when they got down to the post... Where those soldiers had been stationed, there was grain and food and money and all the supplies that they needed. It was there for the taking. Why? Because God can save by many, or God can save by few. I don't have time to preach. It's not even in my notes, but Gideon, 32,000. You have 32,000 men. And by the way, that's not enough to defeat the Midianites, the Amorites, and the children of the East. 32,000 are not going to get the job done. Well, great, God, you're going to send me another 100,000 men. No, I'm going to take away 31,900 and leave you with 300. Why? Because I can save with many or I can save with a few. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.